You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 399th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim back in Minneapolis. This is Matt hosting the Super Rookie in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer over in Western Massachusetts. You guys sounding a little better this week. It seems like maybe the conspiracy theories are going to not, you know, tie together so well this time around. I, I did bring, uh, yes, we do sound better. Um, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain for a little guy since we're in the same room. He's seeing how I really keep keep this show on the rails, uh, keeping all the facts oh, correct little and guy. people on time. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to need you to look over his shoulder, uh-huh. little guy. I want you to see. He's got a scorecard of us for sure. Um, and I want to know, you know, how I'm doing. Like, uh, you, you know, you're doing okay. I... Um... You know, I'm doing great. Uh, ten out of ten so far, um, which I really yeah. appreciate, Tim. I, Spencer, truthfully, I'm surprised. I thought there'd be more just weird, random tabs open on Tim's computer. It's it's pretty tidy on here. Not bad. Tim runs a tight ship. You know, 399 uh, episodes in, and uh, I mean, you'd have to be. You'd have to be uh, to to herd these cats. For I sure. uh, I feel like you'd have to have the system you dialed. Know, you say 399 episodes like you think maybe we're, I mean, we're still learning here on the podcast, but we got big plans for next week. The 400th episode. Um, oh, huge, huge plans. Huge plans. I mean, it's a, it's huge. a, it's, it's a huge day and things have really come together over the last couple of weeks. We do have a few people that have sent us in voice memos. So if you want a uh, f- episode 400 uh, voice memo of, of how much the podcast is awesome, feel free to send it our way at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, we'll see if it makes the cut. It's really got to be good though. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, I'm ready to get this show on the road. I think that things are looking good. Summer is, is upon us. Um, I did not bring my yeah. bike here to the Twin Cities, so I've been doing a lot of running to get ready for Schwamigan, which will wait, 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 no mountain bike? You, no I, mountain bike. I, I was told the mountain bike was coming. I was it, all geared up. It was to come, but I decided that I'm not going to ride mountain bikes at all until the day before Schwamigan. That's yeah, fair. I like that. But surely, I like that. Surely the Klein touring bike came because little guy wanted those cranks so badly from that bike, and it was already in the box. You know, I should have just sent that up here and just kept it in the box in my parents' house for the next three or four years because then I could always say like, oh, I do have a bike there. I just got to put it together. Yeah. And you tantalize little guy even further. Actually, I might just send it to little guy's address, but attention, Tim. Hey, that's fine. I'll yeah. build it up. I mean, I think I get along well enough with your parents that uh, they'd, be, <laughs> they'd be willing to look the other direction while so, I uh, maybe spend a little time in the garage by myself. Interesting. Now, many people are tuning into this podcast because it is the end of the tour de France. So they want our expert opinions about what has transpired for the last two weeks in France. Is it the end of the tour de France or is it the beginning of the real of the tour Tour de de France? France. Yeah. That's a good point. So big day um, here was with the, uh, the tour de femme, tour de France femmes. Uh, Avec Swift. Avec Swift. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've just slayed the entire French language Um, for the, the big debut on the Champs-Élysées for the women's start of their seven-day, seven-stage race with Lorena Vibis? Vibes? Vibis, isn't Vibis? it? Vibis? Look, Tim, we're 399 episodes in. Now is not the time to start nailing the, pr- yeah. the pronunciation. Marianne Voss it's, and, La- that ship is and Lada Kopecky uh, rounding out the podium. I'm sure we, we get a lot of Twitter comments over 400 episodes. If I had a nickel for everyone, we would have a new microphone set up. Um, pretty mm-hmm. good uh, for all of our great pronunciations. But the women's race has started, and it's going to be seven days of action. Gentlemen, the favorite one today, 
But the real question is, is Marianne Voss going to win a stage at this year's uh, Tour de France Femmes? Well, without a doubt. I'd put a fire yeah, of faith on probably, that. Any, any day probably stage two. Is Marianne Voss the greatest living cyclist right now? Oh, like, yeah, sure. Just, just going to throw that out. I'd argue yes. Hands down. Yeah. The best living cyclist still racing professionally. Oh, for sure. I mean, still racing, that's that's no doubt. I don't know if we're going to we get in some sort of Voss Mercs debate and, and spiral off into that till the end of time. But. Well, I think at that point, it's who would you rather hang out with? And I'm pretty sure the answer to that is Marianne Voss. She seems yeah. cooler. She does yeah. seem pretty cool. Tangentially to this Merck's Voss discussion, did you guys uh, catch the tour coverage where Sean Kelly uh, made a comment on Sean Kelly in peak Sean Kelly form or Wout Van Aert in peak Wout Van Aert form? He was better. No, no. And Sean Kelly said Wout Van Aert oh, wow. was better. So we know that Vingard won. But would you say that it's, Wout Van It's, uh, sorry, Tim, it's Vinegard. Vinegard won Vinegard. from Lotto Jumbo, Jumbo Bisma, sorry, little known. The, uh, the listeners prefer that we say Vinegard. Oh, you really gotta, really gotta kind of get into the weeds at the end of it there. So I, I refuse yeah. to do that, but the real question that I have for you is, did Wout Van Aert really win the Tour de France this year? I don't exactly uh, know no. what you mean. I mean by he, that other than that he was well once super the, dominant in, in, in every and component still, of the race and the best he still finished twenty second. Yeah, but what like GC. four hours down? I mean how far did I think 16th an hour and a half. Okay, I was hour gonna say eventually down. we'll get into who finished sixteenth and it was like fifty minutes to Conrad, right? So. Yeah, I'm just saying that overall though, like if you look at it, I do uh-huh. think that uh Wild Van Art, you could argue, had the greatest tour de France out of them all. Um, finishing yes. in 22nd place, just one hour and 35 minutes down um, with uh, Pogacar and Garrett Thomas. Uh, sorry, it's Pogacar. <laughs> that was maybe a bit more than uh, You got to say it with some, some in there because it's really good radio. Is it? <laughs> yes, Pogacar. Okay. I'm going to bump up the audio on that part. I think I think we're slaying it. I think if anything, we're we're making the fans that we definitely need. Um, Should we go through uh, David Gadu in fourth place for Group uh, Groupama FDJ and uh, Vlasov uh, for Bora Hansgrohe in the top five, um, rounded about by Mm -hmm. good friend of the pod Nairo Quintana in sixth place. Roman Bardet, Louis Menchies, gentlemen, not bad. No. Very good. Did I curse him or did I curse him? I. What do we think? Is the curse over, Spencer? I think he's the chosen one. I think I think Great. he, like I said last week, little guy, you weren't here. I don't know if uh, you had internet reception uh, out in the woods where you were doing your altitude camp, mm. but um, I, I said Luis Mentes was cursed, but somehow unshackled himself from the chains of the super rookie curse and rose like a phoenix from the ashes, and is a new, reborn, stronger cyclist and and i don't know what this means but it is certainly uh he's the chosen one uh i I don't know if it's a chosen one but i i will say it's nice to see that he's it seems like he's shaken off the curse and he's gotten a little more adventurous of a rider now that he's older maybe it's maybe it's the 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 being on the wanty team um i feel like the old minties would have plotted along like when he lost time in the first week. He wouldn't have gone on the attack like that. The fact that he got eighth mm-hmm. was due to being aggressive. Like he had some bad days and then he he was aggressive. He didn't do what Lutsenko did, which was the Harmar Zabeldia special, which was just sort of yeah. silent. Occasionally <laughs> you'd be like, Oh, he's still there. You'd see him for a second, and then at the end of the day, you'd look at the results and you go, Lutsenko is ninth overall? Yeah. Like everybody else kind of yo-yoed and, and and after yates in 10th place then it's it's basically all guys who weren't yeah. able to ever be in that front group well, on the hills or or working like can we just give adios. a quick shout out to fdj though three riders in the top 15 i know it doesn't matter that much and that they got second overall in the team standings but you know good on you and then patrick conrad um 
Austria's uh, Austrian Patrick Conrad Conrad in 16th place, uh, just beating out Tom Pitcock by five minutes. So um, congratulations there. Gentlemen, is this the best Tour de France that you have seen since we started watching uh, bike racing back in like 2003? Not including the World Cycling Production's 20 years of cycling that we watched, courtesy of our good friend Spencer Howe. Uh, the, the question is, is this the best Tour de France in recent memory? How do, how do you rank yes. this one? Yes, it's the best one for 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 a few years, I'd say at least. I, I was, better I was, than Lance versus Ulrich Bianchi Ulrich. No, I mean, but, but nothing can be better than that because we were just getting into cycling and everything was everything was this, rose colored and amazing was and stuff. That. I I mean, I, I I'm willing to throw nostalgia straight in the dumpster and say that this this was far more exciting. More exciting. Well, two weeks ago, Tim, I think you were you were basically saying it was over. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. done. You were laughing at yep. me for my continued yeah. uh, yep. faith. Well, and I, we got you uh, obviously didn't f- listen to last week's pet podcast no, where we like this. we made a deal. Spencer <laughs> yeah. and I made a deal that we weren't going to bring up oh, what okay. I said, and we were just going to uh, be like, hey, you know what? I took one on the. I, I took it for the team. I didn't sign anything, little guy. Don't. But, but don't let me let me be very okay. clear here. It was a great Tour de France. I enjoyed almost every stage. Michael Matthews. Winning a stage was fantastic. <laughs> Wout Van Aert, yeah, the first four yeah. stages were, you know, is he going to win the jersey? Is he going to win a stage? Is he not? A little disappointed in Matthew Vanderpool, but it is what it is. He's, you know, it's going to be a long road back from the the back injury of Bridgegate. But I, I just got to say, guys, it was a good tour to France. It wasn't my favorite, but I'm really not liking all these high fives and 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 everybody's friendly out there in the Tour de France. Yeah. I need some negativity in my life. Yeah, what I know. don't need is like this. I don't need all my friends to be like sharing like text and being like, Oh, this is why cycling is such a great sport because they wait for each other and they're, they're thanking each other for a great race afterwards. No, I, I don't want any handshaking until the last day in Paris. And I want the handshake to be like a, you know what? You beat me. And I hope that I have a contract next year because winning is all that matters. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's too bad. It seems like everyone's I'm, a little too friendly for you. Um, you're gonna be. Yeah, you're gonna I'm be sure all the uh, the other parents on the on the old soccer field uh, are super psyched when uh, Team Dad shows up. Yeah, because like here's the deal. Life is about winners and losers. <laughs> uh huh. Tim, did you? There's only, only watch, one winner. Did you only watch the first part? Of Mighty Ducks as a kid, you never you never tuned in for the whole movie. You just saw the no my the kid, beginning where my, my where... kid plays for the Hawks. It's <laughs> oh, okay. uh, but it, uh, you know the, you know what you know what banners not not good the one second place. Um, but here's the deal. May I may I just say that like again I go back to this. I miss almost not having Lance Armstrong here. I need the guy that I w- want to lose. I there wasn't one rider that I wanted to lose the GC race. That's what I'm getting at. Like Vingard. Yeah. I was happy with him winning Pogacar. You know what? He's a very talented uh rider. It would have been fantastic if he won. Garrett Thomas would have been awesome. Like all of those added up. There's not one rider in the top ten that I don't like. That's my point. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I want a guy I don't like. I need the Philippe. I'm completely the opposite. I'm I'm very enjoying um turning it on and, and, and enjoying watching racing lately and not feeling mm-hmm. hate that I have to, <laughs> yeah. that I have to, yeah. uh, or yeah. just be disappointed. Like there's no, I don't know. No, there are writers I like more than other writers, but there isn't, there isn't someone like someone in that GC that I was so passionate about that I was going to, I was going to cry if they didn't win, right. but I enjoyed watching the spectacle. Like you were saying, like if G would have won, it would have been amazing. Like the yeah. old guy got it over on the kids. If yeah. Pogachar would have come back, it would have been amazing. The fact that Pogue lost is amazing because now he's human. And now, man, when he's on the back foot, it makes for a great race. Like they need to make every race a race where he loses time on the first stage because you know you're going to get constant attacks. We didn't get that out of a lot yeah. of other people, you know? So. I think that that, what little guy just mentioned is what made this my favorite slash the best tour of recent memory um, was that we had a lot of attacks. It wasn't just a lot of pacing each other and seeing who cracked first, you know, like which, which can be exciting. uh, But I like to see 
the aggressive style of racing, the the attacking, the you know, the making uh, uh making the other teams work. You know what I mean? I liked seeing Wout go up the road in a breakaway and you're like, oh man, is that gonna help or hurt like their tactics? And then it worked out for him in that uh, uh scenario. But like that kind of stuff made it exciting and and Pogacha uh is a you know, a couple I, I think last year maybe Tim, you said uh this this is now the tour is done, the tour is over, tour is worthless, may as now may as well not watch because we are in the era of Pogacha. And uh he is going to win every tour going yeah. forward and for the next five, eight years or whatever. It's proven to be wrong one only one year later. Imagine that. Um yep. Yeah, but he he it wasn't through like, you know, he got a flat or he got COVID or whatever. Just um, half his team. It was great racing. Yeah. And he, I, I think that makes it exciting. And I think it just, uh, issues, uh, ushers in a new era for racing, you know, where we're seeing exciting racing happening. We're seeing team tactics happening. It's not just a, a nine guys riding on the front for 20 days and maybe a break wins every once in a while. Like this was, it was mixed up and there was a lot of different, uh, exciting mm. things to follow. And, uh, I thought it was great. And I really enjoyed Pogacha in second place more than I even enjoyed him in first place. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I think to the, in the same vein, the top 10 was really like Menti's got there because of attacking Gadu and Bardet yeah. and, and yeah. Nairo were all putting in moves, uh, like going up the road. Like it, it, there was a lot of, there was not as much, like you said, Spencer, like there wasn't a group to ride in. There wasn't as often just like an easy lead group. Like sometimes you already had the two right. top guys up the road. So eventually it seemed like the rest of the top 10 sort of figured out like, well, we better just get ourselves up the road <laughs> and, and roll the dice, you know? Or a guy like like uh, Bobby Jungles, like he ended up with a pretty good GC position. A lot of that was from yeah, like, yeah, yeah, getting going up the road, getting a stage, and then he what he he ended up like twelfth or something, which was a great result for him after a few years in the wilderness. But a I mean, lot of teams though came out of this race with absolutely nothing. Like very few teams won. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Somehow Bike Exchange won two stages, and 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 and. Uh, but Arkea still did well because they had good old Hugo Hofstetler yes. and uh, Nairo get gobbling up the points for their raise out of uh, obscurity, right? Well, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about uh, going to obscurity. Uh, Lotto Sidal, <laughs> I mean, just that team. Just were they in the race? Like they might as well be a small. Well, they won the second division French team. They won the Lotto. They won the uh, Lantern Rouge. Lantern Rouge. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bash on Caleb Ewan because he seems he seems like a nice guy but, but. Man, it, it just feels like <laughs> the amount of uh the amount of press pre-race and during race that like talks about him oh, is he gonna turn it around is he gonna do it he was just like nowhere to be seen in these sprints no perfectly illustrated by his like shouldering Kristoff on the on the final stage when he had an open lane um he he was almost more non-existent than uh, Peter Sagan was half the race. So, bow, bow, bow. shots fired against Peter Sagan, legendary Peter Sagan. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would you know normally at this point in the game, after eight years of this podcast with you guys, we do the old like uh, rank this Tour de France on a scale of one to ten. Sure. Um, yeah. So I'll start. It's a uh, it's a solid eight and a half. Um, there's not much better that it could be other than I just want to not like somebody at the top ten. <laughs> that's not yeah. a bad problem to have. I know it's not like that's the. But you guys know me. I'm a I'm a wrestling fan. I like professional wrestling. I like to boo the bad guys. And there's this one was all just it was like the mega powers uniting, and there was nothing like after a while, like you need See, one of the mega powers yeah. to to like just not shake the person's hand. I even saw Matthew Vanderpool and Walt Van Art like embrace, and it kind of like ended everything for me because I was just like, oh man, I don't want you guys to be friendly towards each other. You guys are like supposed to be rivals for through the test of time. Uh-huh. You can be rivals. That's anyway. yeah, that's unfortunate, uh, Tim. I'm I'm I, very sorry I to think, hear that. 
I I hope Tim I you'll be great. happy to know that uh, Alaphilippe will be back in action, racing for a silly hat next weekend. That's good. So he's, he's already back to his winning ways. He's on the start list for Saint Sebastian. So uh, it's coming back. I'm going to be cheering for him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean like you're it, all flipped around now. Yeah, now, now I'm now flipped around. Like I, I, I like, like Michael him. Matthews. I like Alaphilippe. Yeah. So what do you rank it, little guy? Um. I like you. I'll give it an eight point five. If a French rider won, it would have bumped it up to a nine, and if it had more yeah. uh, Lauren Fignon, it would have been a ten out of ten. <laughs> wow! And Spencer, you're gonna rack this what? one up, right? Uh, I'm gonna. I guess I'm gonna give it a little bit higher than you guys because I gotta be the people's favorite. Um, the the fans of this podcast, um, they need somebody to cheer for, and uh, I guess it's gotta be me. Um. Because certainly the villain would be Tim, uh, and little guy's sort of the neutral party, I guess. I'm chaotic. So, um, so I'm going to give it a, a nine point three, uh, just not quite nine five, but pretty high. So, do we know? I don't have my notebook with me on this trip, and I apologize. I'm trying to think of who has the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. Um. Because I, I can think of two people that should be nominated or should be discussed. The first one definitely okay. is going to be um, Walt Van Art because of his amazing performance once again. Uh, the TT um, display, the, the destruction in the mountains of the entire UAE and uh, other team train. But then yeah. also you do have uh, Jonas... Vinicard. To... Uh, as a nomination because I mean, he won, he did win it and he was able to respond to the attacks and also go on attacks on his own. It was pretty amazing. Even getting second in the TT yesterday um, without a helmet sock. So, yeah. I mean, what happened to the helmet socks? They were all about him on stage one. And for the TT, the big 40 K nowhere to be seen. Too hot. Not a you, sock inside. Do you think the reason they didn't do the helmet socks is that, Someone at Specialized woke up one day and just saw all of the jokes at Specialized expense. And they were like, how did this ever pass QC slash branding? Yeah. It's like the engineering team uh, greenlit the aero sock before the marketing team ever got wind of it. And they just shipped it which, to the teams. Which then makes it wonder... I to be a fly on the wall of that marketing department uh-huh. trying to like just waking up one morning and seeing like the prologue TT like tweets coming in social media like posts uh-huh. and just going oh, oh boy lots of engagement oh today awesome yeah, engagements through the roof <laughs> things are looking great can't wait to uh to dial up our friends down there in Morgan Hill oh uh-huh. chaos um uh-oh it had to have been that i mean there's no other reason. Or maybe it's the fact that the guy that wasn't wearing the helmet sock actually won the stage and got the yellow jersey. I mean, that probably could have been the thing. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, well, hopefully that just means the helmet sock is dead so, and we will never see it again. It will just be one of those weird... Uh, it'll be on one of those top 10 lists that you see occasionally from like, oh, weird top 10 weird things that happened at the tour that never happened again. Mm. And it'll be aero socks and, but you know, whatever. I bet, I bet now that the helmet socks out of the bag, other helmet manufacturers are going to go test it. And I bet it's the kind of thing, kind of like how, how Bissinger for EF, uh, wears the, the mushroom helmet. Like he's in Mario brothers. Yeah. And yeah. some riders just need different shaped things. You know, like whatever. You're more some more arrow with this. Some I'm more arrow with the helmet that I I you know if I built like a helmet out of cardboard or something. I'd be more arrow with that. But yeah, I think there'll be some there'll be like a few people that'll start showing up with it in the future. Yeah, well, we but will we will see. I, my guess is Specialized is going to bury that thing um, so yeah. that it's never seen if, again. If, if they didn't, the UCI definitely will. Uh, yeah. They'll just be like, no, never yeah. again. Not even later yeah, in this. Like, we're not race. even. <laughs> like, this is going to do more damage to cycling than bikes on the road yeah. already are. Um, so, you know, great, great time. So, gentlemen, I will. I'm going to put it out there. Uh, uh, Jonas Vinigard with the uh, nomination for the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. Absolutely not. No. Really? No. I think you win the tour. I agree that Wout. 
put in an epic performance. But I mean, you win the you win the GC at the Tour de France. You win the GC in, at the in Tour that, de France. In that method over Tajik. Pogacar. I mean, why would you not? You could just say Pogacar or Pog or Pogacar like or whatever Pogues, you want. You like, know, it doesn't matter. It hurts my throat yeah. to say yeah. it. I'm bad at it, and I'm sure I'm doing a bad job. I think, yeah, I think you are. So, but I just, I just. So Spencer, you don't want, Sp- you don't want us to do it right. So Spencer is what blocks I'm trying to the say. nomination. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, and we talked a little bit about the uh, women's tour de France. Uh, it's looking good. Next week it ends on top of the um, the d- the dirt climb that the uh, men did on what stage five. Yeah, so it's going to be a, a pretty good uh, ender um, overall. So I'm pretty stoked on that <laughs> That's one. That's what they call the last stage, right? The ender. Yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah. Because this leads into the real question. That's a real final stage. Oh, yeah. Like. 100%. What a good way to end a tour. That's the way it should be, right? Like the, Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Spencer, do you want to ask yeah. the question? Well, yeah, because we're sitting here Sunday evening. The tour just wrapped up. Uh, you know, two and a half, two and three quarters weeks of exciting racing. It's the final weekend. Do you think it would be pretty awesome? Well, you know, yeah, you get the the, the weekend bump from viewership yeah. and everything, and we get a parade. We got a 40-kilometer time trial on Saturday. Yeah, we got that, which was, I don't know, whatever. We Some people enjoy it, and that's fine. If you're into that, I'm not here to kink shame you. Um, but... On Sunday, we get the Champs-Élysées stage, which is iconic, but unnecessary. I, It's just never very good. And I guess what I've always wanted to have happen was for there to be actual real racing on the 21st stage. And we got some comical joke off the front moves from Mount Van Aert and, wow. and Pogaccia. Um, Pogue did attack, which was on yeah, the Champs, which was pretty. Uh, attacked, like, it was a little tongue in cheek. G tried to lead out yeah. Ghana and and Pogue went at the same time. I think that Pogue attack was real. I think I don't think so at all. But G was kind of um, like, "What do I do now?" Because I was just trying to do a quick pull and pull off the front. He was like, "I was just like Netflix is here, and I'm trying to look." Yeah, good, he was just you trying know, to like, give Ghana a little launch pad, and then he was like, "Oh, oh, uh, oh no, that's second on GC riding." Yeah. I mean, no, exactly, and and like it's. The whole stage is basically for show. It's, uh, I don't know. It's never produced any good racing. Uh, all the the Jumbo, Visma, and any teams that are winning a, a jersey or an award of some kind at the end are uh, popping bottles of champagne in the cars and and pouring pouring uh, flutes of champagne and drinking and driving in the middle of a bike race, which I don't love. Um, it's a little awkward. But it's a little strange. Um, there are rules in the rule book, uh, you know, saying that you explicitly cannot do that. Um, so I don't know why that's a tradition, but the whole thing just seems like maybe save it for the podium. And like, if this is just going to be a parade stage, I don't think it needs to be there. And I'd rather it be an actual racing stage. Well, here's, here's what we need. Maybe I don't think we can ever work for the tour, but. Is there? <laughs> Pretty sure that ship sailed a long time ago. Oh, well, what I was gonna say yeah. is there is there a country with a capital city located in a in a mountainous or <laughs> you know with some good hills? Because Paris, uh-huh. for the most part, fairly flat. Uh, I mean, there's hills. Yeah. They could find the hills if they wanted to in in Paris, but we need to find. We need like a, a tour of of I don't know maybe Luxembourg or something. I guess that exists, but. You know what I mean? We need, we need, we need a finish that's at altitude, you know, or something. We need, we need well, I a think finish the, in a place that there's no way they cannot do if, an exciting stage. You know what I mean? Paris, just, they have a lot of yeah. fun to work with. I'm just like, we already have post tour criteriums for show. You know, like we don't need the 21st stage of the tour to be one as well. So um, I'm gonna flip. I well, first off, I agree with you about the champagne and the driving. It never was pointed out that way. Like it is totally ridiculous. But again, the UCI rule book obviously uh, rules all things sensible. Um, but I think that the other one here is I'm trying to think back of all of the Tour de France's. I'm like 19 in in my fandom, maybe 20. 
and like how many of them have been exciting on the final day. And I, th- I can think of two. One was Baden Cook versus Robbie McEwen headbutt sprint for the green jersey because they were divided. Okay. They were like separated by one so, point. 200 meters. Yeah. Okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other one was, yep. didn't Vinokorov win a stage with like a late second attack that wasn't a sprint? Is that the did he win? He attacked and he he took a GC he, place from Levi. Yeah, was that to get was, on the podium? No, I think it was to like take to move from like sixth to fifth or something. That was kind of exciting. But that was That's exciting. It. Yeah, like, yeah. Like those were the only exciting points, which kind of proves yes. Spencer's point. Oh, no, it does. Bit. The hit rate is is a little low here. No, but you know, no one was close enough in GC that there was a sneak like that year. I think Vino was like six seconds off Levi or something. So. It was perfect, mm-hmm. but nobody was that close in the top 10, you know. I'd like to think that somebody in 57th place maybe, like, looked over at the guy in 53rd and was like, you're going down today. And he's like, what? And he's like, you're going down. And they crashed him out? It's only three seconds, and I'm oh. taking it, you know? Yeah. You need to have a gap. There's no gap because the, the course is too easy. The Champs-Élysées is six lanes wide, and I don't know. It's just... Yeah, it's a beautiful, well, we are gonna have beautiful the, venue Spencer, for a stage, but it is not a particularly. We are good a couple years race, away from the Champs Elysees not happening, right? Because they're going to have to shut it down for the tour to, uh, for the Olympics. I think in yeah, yeah, twenty four. So in two years, there. So here's here's my proposal. Next year, aren't they? I just I just thought of this when little guy was saying we need to find a a, a city where we can do this with. I don't know that there's that much elevation, but at least a little more than Paris. And the city knows how to party, and they're willing to, for a big enough check, do whatever you want. And that, of course, Vegas is the principality of Monaco. Oh. And all the riders live there, there anyway, yeah. so it's great. They're, and, they're and already home. Netflix already is yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. They could do a, a lap of the old F1 course. Um, I think that... Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, it's got legs. Anyway, well, I think... Uh, but uh, reverse, so, so they have to go up to the hairpin. Sure. I think on a counterpoint, though, I think starting the women's Tour de France today with mm-hmm. what's basically the last stage of the men's race, the same flat stage was a boring way to start that. I think if you tuned in and you hadn't really watched much women's racing and that's what you see, like I enjoyed a portion of it, but it's not a very exciting course, like you said, Spencer. And so it made yeah. for yeah. not the most exciting race to watch, whereas most of the time, the women's racing is, is is as exciting or more exciting than the men's racing, like in terms of attacks and, and um, mm-hmm. just more action. Like sometimes these men's races are just Grupo Compacto all the time and everyone's There's looking at formula each other. too. But, you know? yeah. So I think the it would have been, obviously it made sense. It makes sense in a way that they did it, but starting with a more exciting stage for the women's race or, that could be a little more dramatic, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, I'm not going to complain about that. I'm just happy now, it's happening. So it's good. Real quick about the women's race. Um, and, and I guess the men's race, even the Champs Elysees, uh, Tour de France, Femme, uh, Avec Swift. Well done. You guys saw the, the video footage of this, right? Like the, the, um, the banners are up. Paris is decorated. The Champs Elysees is done to the nines. Swift, um, what do you call them? Barriers everywhere. The little advertisements along the sides of the roads. It looked like Zwift. <laughs> it, they did a really good job of actually making. So basically, Paris. it was the metaverse. It was. We were living in the metaverse for a little bit. It was pretty pretty wild. Um, good job to the the uh, marketing team there at Zwift. Uh, I felt like I was in the game uh watching real bike racing and i was like maybe swift isn't so bad maybe i should go check that out again you know so like, next ah, tomorrow they fun. go through the water tunnel yeah i don't know we'll see i mean they did that at the beijing olympics so i mean overall great tour to france and we're looking forward to episode 400 when we're going to talk um about the finals of the women's um tour de france yeah can i i want to say one thing about that uh in the car yesterday, driving back from my road trip, little Tom Boone and Tom Boone and just sort of out of the blue asked, Dad, why don't you watch as much women's racing as men's racing? And I was like, you know, I don't have a good answer for that. It's just what I've done. But we talked, we, then I talked, I was like, you know what? 
there's a women's race, like the women's Tour de France, because he was he was wondering why we've been watching so much of this Tour de France thing, and we <laughs> haven't been seeing any women's racing. He was remembering that in the spring, often a lot of times we'd we'd watch a women's race and we watch a men's or vice versa, you know. And he's like, yep. "Why are we just watching the men for three weeks?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's a good point." Uh, and now we're gonna get to watch it. So I'm very excited that it's happening for many reasons, but also because uh, my son was just like why aren't we doing this? And you're like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Why haven't we been yeah. doing this? And I'm glad <laughs> we're going to be able to do it so I can show him that it, that it's it's happening. And then when it's over, we can do a game of spot the difference and he's absolutely <laughs> going to slay it because he's going to say not much difference in the quality of the racing and the awesome, yes. you know, courses and everything except, yeah. you know, one week or two weeks or whatever. Now, I'm pretty stoked. I do like the final day debut the more i think about it rather than running concurrently like it's a pretty good introduction because now they do have a platform the women have a platform to show their skills all the way through um mm -hmm. so you know yeah. let's see how that goes rather than like in the past i was like ah and maybe they can do an overlap of two weeks like where the final week is the same as the the men's course and then you can do a, a week of their own I, I i don't know but pretty exciting so um what we should do though is we should check in with 2022 Tour de France stage winner Michael Matthews to catch his thoughts on this year's Tour de France in this week's Premlap. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to this low ride. All right, guys, here we are in the Premlap, and Despite the end of the Tour de France, we still continue on with our award-winning partnership with Sea Sucker, the amazing portable bike racks that everyone should have. Head over to seasucker.com. Use the promo code SLOWRIDE15 to save 15% on your purchase. It is my favorite bike rack because it's incredibly strong. It's super safe. It may look a little weird, but you know what? It holds every single bike you throw at it. Yeah. And you can put it in your trunk if you're ever abandoned or if you find a bike at the yard sale that you want. You can you can <laughs> uh -huh. put it on your car very easily. I have seen this thing on the back of um, old VW Beetles. I've seen it on the back of VW buses. I have seen it in uh, on top of uh, Audi TTs. It is the car of the Volkswagen Group. <laughs> You can also put it on other brands too. You yes. can. Yeah, I feel like you can put it on pretty much whatever. That's, that's like the a Toyota beauty. Camry, it's fine. They fit uh, every for our, for our, vehicle. For our market, Tim, does it fit on Subaru? It does fit on, fit on its Subaru. I have one for my Subaru. Okay. All right. Good. Um, I think it... Uh, I mean, the one thing, you, you say it looks kind of weird. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. I think it looks different, but I actually think okay. it's it's the perfect rack to roll up to a bike race or a bike ride, uh, like a group ride, with. Because it's, you know, like you always want to show up with something yeah. that's just a little bit cooler than everybody else has. Like whether it's just your, your shades or your new, uh, your new clipless shoes you've got or... Like a bike ride, bike ride. It's always kind of a competition inside of the competition, yeah. you know. Especially for, us. Rack, yes. especially for us. Especially for us, it's not is, on the course. Yeah. yeah, it's it's one way to flex before the rides even started to let people know who the big dog at the ride is. So you know what I'm saying? I I think you're making some really good points. I would even also say that when we were bike messengers, if this thing existed, we would be much happier in our lives oh, yeah. getting up to the velodrome and to every race oh. possible. For sure, we had so many we had so many bike rack troubles. Yeah, so <laughs> it would have been great to have a bike rack that was uh, I, uh, was uh, dummy proof. I mean, we we famously almost lost the bikes on the way up there once. We all famously almost lost all the bikes off Tim's roof rack on the on yeah. the Saturn wagon one time. But also, I don't know if you guys were in the car, if it was other folks with me, but we also got pulled over once on yes. the way home from 
the velodrome. Yes, you and me. Because there were too many bikes on the trunk rack, and they were blocking the license plate. Blocking the mm. license plate. Won't have that problem with the sea sucker. Guys, did you guys get off with a warning? We did get off with a warning. Imagine but you, that. We wouldn't have gotten, yeah, well, we know why that, but, you know, we wouldn't have had that problem if we'd, if we'd had the, the bikes with the sea sucker yeah. on the top. Yeah, and the, this, the sea sucker would have fit on that Kia, no problem. So, and, uh I just wish I would have had him then. I know we spend a lot of time. Like Sea Sucker definitely gets their value from how how excited we are talking about um, the racks. But uh, they sponsored Jumbo Visma, so congratulations to them for picking the right team. Um, it is a great rack. <laughs> well, they, and Jumbo is not done yet. Mariana Voss is about to crush the whole week of the tour. That's a good uh, point. Film. That's that's very true. And I just want to say that we get quite a few emails from our friends and listeners of the Slow Ride podcast and messages on Twitter. I know we've sold a few. Thank you. It means a lot to us, but we're happy to spe- yes. spread the go- uh, gospel of the Sea Sucker Rack. So many thanks to our friends at Sea Sucker um, based out of Sarasota, Florida. Um, and head over to seasucker.com and use the promo code SLOWRIDE15 to save 15% on your very own Sea Sucker Rack. Up next, we once again have our great partners hammerhead back with us now spencer i know you've been rocking the hammerhead computer and heart rate monitor for training for schwamigan and folks can get their very own by heading over to hammerhead.io and with the purchase of the caru 2 they get their very own heart rate monitor strap yeah what do they have to type in that is free included with uh with the code slow ride at checkout and a crew too. Um, obviously, I love it. I've been talking about it every time we have these ads. Um, I can't get enough of it. It makes me enjoy using a cycling computer. I am not quite as much of a retro grouch as little guy is. Um, I don't like shake my fist at any technology, yeah. but I have shaken my fist at a good number of cycling computers over the years because they're just painful it's a painful experience sometimes and i i just don't need that like i want to get on my bike and i want everything to connect and i want it to look great and i want it to feel great and work well and just be customizable and set up how i want it and the crew 2 does that uh it's the most advanced gps cycling computer available today hands down um industry leading mapping navigation routing all that stuff the climber feature check that out uh, pretty rad if you don't uh, know what it is and you can import and export all the stuff connected to all your Stravas and your training peaks and your everything else um, just hands down so good so clean so easy and you can grab your career too and get that free heart rate strap which is I've said before my favorite heart rate strap that I've ever had just super comfortable yeah. which I didn't realize how uncomfortable my other heart rate straps were until I got this one. I was like, dang, I've been like living in the stone age here with heart rate straps. Anyway, that thing's free using the code slow ride at checkout with your career too, over at hammerhead.io. I mean, any computer that Chris Froome wants to look at must be a good computer because that guy likes looking at his computer. He likes looking at the computers a lot. That is very, very So you know it's got to be a good looking computer. Yeah. So head over to hammerhead.io, use the promo code SLOWRIDE at checkout to get very own heart rate strap with purchase of a Karoo 2. And gentlemen, let's get back to the show. Hi everyone, I'm Jens Folk and I do not listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, guys, here we are once again after the pre-lap. But Spencer, you brought up in the pre-lap when we were talking about the Sea Sucker, wanting to know mm-hmm. if it fit on the Subaru Outback, um, with the assumption being that most of our listeners <laughs> drive a Subaru Outback. Is, are we profiling our listeners here, Spencer? Like, where do you, what, what kind of demographic? I thought, I would think that we probably have a lot of... Um, uh, like square body pickup truck listeners, um, like no. like you know mid seventies no. GMCs or something, oh, maybe. maybe some Ford Rangers. Mm. I mean, Those are getting pricey. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you uh. really think that that we're a, a Subaru family of listeners? I mean, this I think we need to dig into this just I, a little I, bit more. I think we I think we run the gambit for sure. 
obviously we're 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 not going to pigeonhole ourselves um but i would uh, i would be willing to wager a good amount of points on roller derby um that the majority of our listenership is driving a Subaru of some kind, whether it's a cross track, Outback, Forester, whatever. Okay. Um, the the second most majority will be VW drivers, and then we probably got a good subsection of Audi drivers. Which <laughs> little guy, watch your mouth, because they're they're a significant portion of our listenership. I'll do my I'll do my best. <laughs> and outside of that is probably a hodgepodge of um you know college kids with the. Uh, uh, you know, 2002 Toyota Camry trying to get to the bike race, trying to, they come here for the, the tips on how to, how to keep their, uh, bike running, uh, mm-hmm. when they don't want to invest a lot of money in it, which, you know, we're happy to apply. Well, we should say when, I mean, I'm sure there's, I'm sure it's like when they drive, it's these, these, that's a pretty fair breakdown. And there's probably like a, we have we're getting enough Euro listeners, especially. We probably got a fair number of folks who are like some Vauxhall. Well, Vauxhall, I was just just might not even Seattle. own, might not even I, be uh, stuck in America you know what, where you got to own a car to get uh, almost anywhere. Be seven hundred miles from the nearest city with no options. I, I glossed right over the Prius um, segment, though. We've got to we've got to have a Prius segment. I'm sure. The, oh, okay. Do you think that there's a uh, there's like a Sprinter? segment there's got to be a fair amount of folks that have like the sprint not as a primary vehicle no no i mean we know, those, i know one those, sprinter listener that's i mean the, for the sure. van life crew uh i don't think they're springing for the satellite internet um out there living living in the wild in the van life off grid so um so least co- but maybe the masters racer with the second vehicle that's the uh they've probably got the pro master let's be honest so um <laughs> So the least common car, though, I think we can all agree, would be like a Pontiac or a Dodge. Well, at this point, I mean, Pontiacs are all classics plates yeah. at this point, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, probably. They've been gone for a long time. All right. Well, I'm happy we, we got to the bottom of that. I just, we haven't I really, just couldn't <laughs> let Spencer just really get away with that in the yeah. pre lap. Uh, you know, so I wanted to make sure everyone caught it. Well, it's good We've we're doing a, this on uh, 399. Uh, probably like the first 100 episodes are basically us bashing uh pontiacs, pontiacs and dodges yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, all right i was just 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 yeah. wanted to double check on seeing uh how we uh end up so yeah we've got we've got a good we're gonna get a good amount of feedback about this section 50 percent is gonna be like oh i love when you guys talk about cars the other 50 percent is i hate when you guys talk about cars and it's gonna be great yeah. i love all the That's feedback true. and uh we do take it all to heart so we did get a couple of emails this week. Robert Glover from the Pharaohs hits us up. Can I nominate Wordless Joe for the Slow Ride Championship belt? Not only is this half Mercs, half Rain Man crushing roller derby, but he feels so bad about it that he proposes a windfall tax upon himself to redistribute his points amongst us Lantern Rouges. He's half Mercs, half Karl Marx. Imagine his fellow Belgian <laughs> Welt Van Art redistributing his green jersey points to give the Peloton a chance. Wordless Joe has got to wear the belt to allow him the honor of relinquishing it. He's a legend. <laughs> and, uh, good point, I love that. And that, that brings up the honest talk. You know, Spencer, you were bringing it up just a little bit ago. If we're going over to roller derby, I'm a little afraid yeah. to log in to see how things are. Because when I log in right away, I see I'm in 282nd place out of 321 but not good. let's see how the leaders are shaping up. And the only, I will say this, if you go to roller derby right now, uh-huh. one of the few propositions still available is will Alejandro Valverde uh, win the Vuelta. Um, and the win o- a stage at the Vuelta. Win a stage. And the odds pretty much are one-to-one. I mean, e- easy money. You might as well just bet it all on there. But um, let's get into it. Wordless Joe still remains on the top. Um, I'm going to have to do the old uh, control F here because I know that I'm probably uh, well behind you, Spencer. But um, we, we have been doing some updates to see how Spencer is faring in the Spencer standings. I'm in the top third. In 114th uh, place is Spencer. Not bad. 16% hit rate. Um, Spencer Martin of the uh, Beyond the Peloton podcast is losing to Spencer of the Slow Ride podcast. So. Uh, there you go. You know what podcasts to listen to. And, uh, you know, Spencer Hackett, our good friend from the Columbus Crew fandom in 234th place, just in front of the super rookie. Um, little guy uh, failed to, uh, to to rate 
um, once again because he kept trying to put points on um, Fignon, but he was not in the race. I um, thought he was other. I guess not, not. in the race. Well, Did you guys see um, that? Did you see friend of the pod, um, Michael Kirby, at the Tour de France? He put on the yeah. side of the roads, wow, 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 other. And then right at the other, he put a roller derby banner for Luke. It was Beautiful. it was amazing. We were all there rooting for other that day. Yeah, that was good to see. Um, so I mean, I mean, you're welcome. Uh, I appreciate the congratulations uh, for destroying both of you in roller derby and the other Spencers uh, in the field. Um, you know, I it was a it was a, a hard fought battle, but um, once again, I've come out on top. Um, much like Schwamigan in 2018. Um, you know, the hits keep coming. Oh, and I, segue. Uh, I'm just peeking for the Volta, you guys. Um, peeking uh, for the Volta. I'm, That's uh, a common excuse. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I, just, I like it, though. I just got to say, though, the thing is that roller derby is such an amazing site that we need more people to continue to play it because it's, it's so unique in its yeah. gameplay from anyone can go to some of the other sites and pick your fantasy cycling team. Yeah. And you set it, you forget it. That's fine. Roller Derby, you can also set it and forget it too. Because the odds are dynamic, as more and more bets are placed, people fluctuate on what they yep. pay out, just like Vegas would do. Or like the sidewalk bookie smoking a pack of cigarettes outside a cafe in uh, Ghent. I mean, mm-hmm. it is an amazing experience. So check it out. It's just rollerderby.com, R-O-U-L-E-U. R derby.com. Um, we've been talking about it for years. Luke brought it back. He does amazing work and major shout out uh, to all the players. Um, I've learned a lot. And then let's just give a shout to Ryan Chrisman who won the tour de France competition, who just absolutely slayed it with 200% return on investment. So uh, great work, Ryan. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Brother Derby has been uh, uh, very fun over the years. Um, we also, uh, Wide Angle Podium members, uh, donors, supporters, uh, do get a 500-point bump uh, for playing roller derby, and you get entered in the Wide Angle Podium League, which is all the other Wide Angle Podium uh, donors all in one league. And you can also create leagues with your friends. So if you want to have a little more uh, narrow focus on who you're competing with, you can do that. Um, so we should give a shout-out to Skinny Studio, who is leading the Wide Angle Podium League right now as well. Good job. Nice. Uh, I'm coming for you, though. Um, <laughs> you may have 14,000 points. I've got 1,400, but I'm on my way. Yeah, Skinny Studio is way up there in, in, well, they're leading the Wide Angle, but they're way up there in the overall, too. The overall. They? They're like yeah. third or something. Yeah. Very high. <laughs> so. um, hear me out. Two seconds is the best cycling film of all time. Hey, gents. I loved the recent Sunday stroll, but while listening to your most recent episode, I noticed someone had the utter audacity to try to connect you, correct you, and claim that Breaking Away, not American Flyers, is the ultimate cycling film. I am pleased to inform you that you are all wrong, and the 1998 Canadian masterpiece, Two Seconds, is truly the ultimate cycling film experience. Would you love to hear your thoughts on this underrated gem? Keep up the great content. Dan Rodman from Boston. Dan makes I, a good point. It is a good movie. Have you guys seen it? I love Two Seconds. All right, I have not seen it. Can you explain it to me? Um, okay. Man, Spencer, can I, we I, I mind meld? Because I, I, I feel I like I watched it, it well 15 years ago. I can summarize the plot here. Well, here's how it starts. It starts with some mountain biking, some downhill mountain biking. Downhill. But it's like 90s downhill. Like Missy Geov? I don't I guess that would be the era. Anyway, uh, she 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 loses by two seconds, maybe. Man, this is gonna be a great no, plot synopsis. Come on, little guy. What happens? Okay. Downhill race, big deal. She's ready. Yeah, she's dialed. She's like trying to get in the game. You know, like yeah. get her keep her head in the game. Start gate, clock ticks to zero. Gate opens. She hesitates. Pauses. There you go. For two okay. seconds. Hesitates for two seconds, and then she starts going, and she has a a fine run whatever um but yeah she realized she doesn't have it anymore okay she and doesn't have the, the competitive edge yep. the killer instinct to be a bike racer anymore and she 
quits bike racing. She's lost it. She doesn't know where the spark is. She goes, uh, gets a job as a bike messenger in, uh, I believe, Toronto or maybe uh, it must it's be Montreal. Montreal. Montreal yeah. yeah, it must be Montreal because it's all in French with subtitles. Yep. Um, and she has trials and tribulations as a messenger, learning a lot about herself and about uh, yeah. people. And um, she comes across, uh, when she needs some maintenance done to her bike, uh, a small, weird, old school roadie shop with a weird old Italian man who's just smoking cigarettes in the back and so, doesn't so give like it a time of day. Has these. Yeah, it's got a campy sign, I believe, if I remember correctly. Oh, it's, it's extremely campy. I gotta rewatch campy. this movie. Um, I love this movie. But, uh, yeah, they... they uh, two big personalities, let's say. Uh, they go head-to-head for a little while and uh, eventually realize that they uh, have a lot in common. And, uh, yeah, I can't, I can't really spoil too much more of the movie, but it is very good. Um, it's one of my favorites, but the all-time greatest uh, is still rad. But I will continue to do a podcast about American Flyers nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think uh, Two Seconds certainly I, it deserves a rewatch from me because it's been, it's been at least 15 years, and I did not remember a lot of that, Spencer, until you said it, and now it is ringing a bell. Um, there's, it's, it's also, there's some good comedy in there too. There's some good funny bits. Yeah, it's a, it's an indie film, so there's like a you know a good 15 minutes that just drags on for no reason. But all, overall, it's like very this good. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a part. There's a part that I always remember, which was that she early like first day on the job or something just rides rather yeah. than just like just just like riding and ends up like way far out of the zone basically. Yep. And, forgets um, that she was supposed to be doing yeah. something yeah and i love that i love that one because that's how there's there's a lot of people that become a courier just because they want to sit around and smoke cigarettes and and talk trash but there's a lot of people that just want to ride like think like i'll become a courier and i'll get to ride a lot and they don't realize yep. that sometimes you get to ride but a lot of times you go like a block you go three blocks here four blocks there you walk you walk three things across the building yeah. There can be not a lot of riding sometimes. I think we've yeah. we've talked about how all of our cycling careers improved greatly when we no longer were bike messengers. Well, mine didn't yes. because it was COVID and I didn't I don't bike race anymore. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of my point. So um and it was just mediocre at best. So I think that I mean, why did I want to become a courier? I mean, to me it was I wanted to be cool and ride a bike for a living. It was pretty awesome. And then I quickly realized that I could just also walk across the skyways half the time and not have to ride my bike. It's an amazing life. Yeah. I'm also yeah, I happy. Why there's not very many of them anymore. Huh? I'm also happy that I didn't drink coffee at the time I was a bike messenger because I would have lost all my money to the coffee shop because now I started drinking coffee, as you guys know, because I need more caffeine in my life. Um, it's been great. Tim, uh, I hate to break it to you, but. The baristas didn't usually charge us for the coffee. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Nah, it was, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody was making enough money to afford as much as much coffee as uh, was consumed yeah. when yeah. we we spent all almost most of the time of, at the coffee shop. Yeah, it's a sort of service working. worker, uh, you know, understanding yeah. going on. You know, so we are a few weeks out. Some would say a month and a half out of Schwamigan. And I did want to do just do a quick uh, touch base to see how you guys are doing, seeing if we're still on for the show. We have not uh-huh. talked about this before coming on the air. So are we all committed to showing up? And secondly, is I, I checked with my <laughs> uncle. He's willing to do a, a slow ride podcast live show in his garage or yes. I mean, in his, in his driveway. I love it. He wanted to know how yes. many chairs we need. I told him at least five three for us conservative i like it yeah, yeah. i'll bring a chair too yeah uh maybe some camp chairs yeah yeah i um, don't know about that or does he have like uh, a little uh little like a movable fire pit like one of those little like metal ones to keep can, the mosquitoes at yeah bay? where you can have a little yeah because otherwise it could be really painful for people <laughs> we're gonna need a, a room for our lighting rig in our pa system yeah and, does he uh, have enough does he have 220 because we need 220 for the smoke machine <laughs> at least um so I have not been riding mountain bikes. I think I'm going to get one mountain bike ride in before I come up for Schwamigan. Uh, just kind of get the perfect. dust, dust it's perfect. off. Perfect. I love uh-huh. it. I love um, it. I've yeah. been doing a lot of running, uh-huh. um, which has been, which I think is going to easily transfer. Certainly. To beating you guys. That's what they say. Are you guys ready for Schwamigan? Forty miles of awesome. 
I don't know if I'm ready for 40 miles of awesome, but I have been riding my world famous 2018 that when we did it before Schwamigan bike in, in the trails of Wisconsin this last week, mostly with a five-year-old attached to the, like the tag along behind me. (laughs) But Uh I, I think it's sort of like training with a medicine ball. You know, you're just, you're getting, you're trying to, you know, I got, I got 50, 60 pounds or so, even more with the bike and all behind me. And so when I take that off, I'm just going to fly and I'm, I'm getting used to the dirt and the feel and stuff. So any I, mechanicals? I got. Weekend. I got a flat. <laughs> Good, perfect, right on schedule. But yes, wow. I am. I am ready to go. I am. I've. Uh, I've got accommodations booked. Uh, Tom Boone and Tom Boone is signed up to crush the kids race. Uh, oh, so this is his first competition. You know, he did a kids race at one of the cross races, but this is the first time he had to like pre-reg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think this is the first time it like really it really counts, right. you know. And this is I mean this and this is the first time if he doesn't win, I won't let him back in the house. So. Yeah, there you go. Right. See? That's yeah. what we need more of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got you're going to wear your cargo shorts so you can put his gold medal in the cargo pocket? <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, yeah. but okay. Yeah. Well, Spencer, how's it going for you? Uh, it's going pretty well, I would say um I have, uh, you know, kind of calculated back. I've walked back the days from the event to um, time out exactly to structure my training plan. Um, so that's all day. dialed, and I've been following it to perfection so far. And uh, I think I'm locked and loaded, uh, eyes on the prize, um, you know, ready to cr- crush it. So I'll let you guys in on a little secret of my training plan. I won't okay. be riding my bike one day between now and August 16th. Um, so really a long taper because the event is September 17th. So I'm going to, I'm going to cram about six months of training into one month. Okay. Did you, Good plan. did you hack my training files and download them? What's going on? So oh, okay. are you on the same plan as myself? You guys both got the Carmichael training system. Yeah. He's <laughs> no longer the CEO. Um, I've learned. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because this sounds like a Carmichael thing. Just cram it all in in a week. You can do it, Masters guy. Yeah. I, I read the Joel Friel book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good. Just intervals. Uh, you know anything else? Are you trying to weasel out of this, Tim? Are you afraid of losing yet again? Um, so I have the gearing. I'm, I'm running single speed, rigid. This could be a disaster. It could be the best thing ever. I'm hoping for torrential downpour and your derailleurs rip off. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. And I will not be stopping for you when I come screaming past you. Oh, you didn't stop last time, even before the start. <laughs> so I'm a little uh, curious. I, I mean, I, I'm excited for it. It's our uh, second time back, but we've been talking about like we've been going for 40 years. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked. So looking forward. I think we're all in. Um, so I'll, I'll reach out to a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Ben, to make sure that uh, he's also ready to lose to me with his bike catch up. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, should be good. Okay. I just say it sounded like maybe you were waffling and I just want to make sure we're, we're all in on this. I think the live show sounds iffy. If I'm, The live if I'm show is honest. very iffy. Don't, no one should plan on going to the live show, but everyone should plan to be there when the three of us come across the line in a glorious sprint right before the the men's and women's winners of the lifetime grand prix because remember uh-huh. they're starting the pros two hours after us joes go off uh-huh. the front so this could be a magical moment where we become the people that sully the finish line photo of the leaders the when dream. there's when there's thousands of people crowding the barriers as we come into um, the ski resort there. You know, it, it wouldn't be a lifetime event without that. So I, many, I think we are the people for the job. How many people get to go off on the pro field? How does that work? Do you know? I think there's about, I mean, well, it's the 40 people from lifetime. And then I think that, yeah. you know, other regional hotshots, you know, Brian Matter and others, like they'll probably be like maybe like 60, 70. Okay. I think it's whoever was in Corral, Pro Corral 1, now is just starting later in the day. Okay. So all the two corrals go off as one corral now. Okay. So, cool. Anyway. Well, gentlemen, it's been another fantastic episode, episode 399. We'd like to remind all of our friends and listeners, 
If they'd like to send over a voice memo, hit us up at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. And if it makes the cut, you may find yourself on episode 400 of the slow ride podcast. We'd also like to thank BK one of rhyme stars entertainment for almost 400 episodes. He has been providing the intro and outro music on the pod. And we are eternally grateful. We'd like to thank sea sucker for their support during the tour de France, head over to seasucker.com and use the promo code slow ride 15 and continue to spread the gospel of the coolest bike racks in the world. Once again, that's seasucker.com promo code slow ride 15 and hammerhead with their continued support head to hammerhead.io select a Karoo two for your very own cycling computer. And you can get your very own heart rate strap by using the promo code slow ride at checkout. And we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more about our family of shows. And with it, with that, this is Tim in lovely Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is Matt, also in lovely Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nations.